taking you on a journey for the pursuit of PPC. Welcome to PPC Rockstars. Get ready to rumble through the latest PPC news and views from around the blogosphere. Learn from our host and the PPC pros that will take you to the promised land of PPC profit. We're cashing in the clicks with the PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. Hey, PPC friends. Yep, it's another episode of PPC Rockstars. And boy, do I have a rock star with me today. Probably the uh, second best conversion optimizer in San Diego. Wow. <laughs> My good friend and uh, occasional partner in crime, J.B. Smith. Hey, David Taylor. How are you? I'm doing good. Very well. Very, very well. I am so flattered by that compliment, and I'm assuming number one would be Tim Ash, and I would I would have to give number two to Brian Lewis. Ah, uh, okay. And then there's my mentor, Keith Lovegren, and then me. So I think I'm fourth or fifth in San Diego, but I appreciate uh, the number two voting for PBC no Rocks. I saw, I saw Brian Lewis associated with a company name. Where is he now? Wolfhound Interactive. Okay. Jamie, we are going to talk about conversion optimization, and you've got some fresh thinking on the topic, having just presented in your area. So uh, why don't you kick us off with what is it and why do we want it? Yeah, no, it's pretty fresh content. We did uh, a webinar with PPC Hero. Um, for those of you who are in you know, the PPC community, you've probably come across one of their blogs or webinars. They have excellent content over at PPC Hero. We did a webinar on how to increase your PPC conversion rates right now. So um, just kind of analyzing some maybe low-hanging fruit opportunities or what, what we would call conversion roadblocks, that if you just remove those conversion roadblocks, you don't even need to set up a full A-B or multivariant test, just actually make changes to the existing conversion funnel. Um, you can see you know, pretty quick and, and, and short-term wins. Yeah, I think that's underappreciated. You know, speed bumps, friction points. What are some of the most common friction points you see in the conversion process? Wow, that's a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I I would say we'd have to segment that into lead generation versus e-commerce. Yep. Would you like to talk about one versus the other? Yeah, let's talk about lead gen first. Okay. Yeah, I would say one of the most common roadblocks roadblocks or barriers to conversion in lead gen is too many fields, too many form fields. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, meeting internally as an organization and deciding, okay, yes, the more fields we ask and the more fields that we require absolutely is going to bring in a higher quality lead. I don't doubt that one bit. But um, it's going to crush your lead volume, you know. So, right. Um, what you want to try to decide internally is what is the minimum number of fields that we need that produce a qualified lead. So obviously, first name, last name, and email is not qualified because you don't have a phone number and you can't call them, but you can put that email into your marketing automation system and at least you didn't strike out on that visitor. Otherwise, that visitor is anonymous. So at least you've got some data. And then obviously, if you can get you know, title and phone number and um, maybe industry or, or something specific to what your product or service is offering, the, the quality of the lead goes up drastically. 
So I think it's just uh, an easy way to um, increase conversion rates is to remove field forms if and when possible. And if not, then you've, you know, you've got to really offer a lot of social proof and value in motivating the user to, to, you know, hand over their information. Sure. Yeah. And I think I've been involved in many uh, of those fights where um, the sales team is usually the entity that wants more fields and says, and, and swears they need that information. And then the, uh, the PPC manager or the conversion optimizer, uh, it tries to beat them down and say, we do you really, really need that information? Because every additional field depresses conversion rate. And I think the, the uh, best comeback is, to do, is for the conversion optimizer to do a little math and predict the conversion rates with that, that come with each field and uh, basically boil it down to calculating the lead volume changes with additional fields. See what I'm saying? Yeah, and we we offer a free calculator over at one of my old tools. Do you ever remember conversioncritic.com? Wow. <laughs> it was a uh, a free uh, tool that you would put in your URL and we would overlay a series of questions based around visit, you know, conversion stuff and give you a score of what you may want to work on. Inside of that tool is a, is a PPC calculator, and, and you can toggle the conversion rate. So you can say my current cost per click is, is you know, $2, and my current conversion rate is this, and my, you know, cost per acquisition is this. And then if I, if I raise my conversion rate 10% or 5% or, or 100%, this is what happens to my bottom line, and it's so much easier to motivate when you can see what that will do to profit. Sure. So are you saying that that tool still exists? Yeah, give it a try. If you get any errors, send me an email. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the URL again? Conversioncritic.com. Yeah, I think my grandparents used that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it still works. I'm, I'm there right now. So cool. You have created many interesting tools. We'll talk more about them uh closer to the end of the show. So any other words of advice for lead gen uh, conversion optimization? Well, the, the yeah, I mean, if you listen to that webinar, I think, I'm not sure, I know they re-recorded it and they emailed it to everyone, but, um, you know, we took a deep dive into this, but, um, you know, when you start by, okay, what's a, a, a common conversion roadblock? Um, you know, when we talk about just basic usability um, and just, you know, don't, don't strain the user's experience, you know, really try to make it as, as simple as possible. And there's do's and don'ts on how to do that. For example, contrasting colors, right? So one example would be, you know, when you're trying to have your call to action pop, don't have the button be the same color of the rest of the navigation, have it be a contrasting color. That would be a bad thing. The name of the button, the default button of most forms says submit. That sometimes is actually the top converting name of a button. But oftentimes it's better to describe what they're going to receive, like a demo, a free consultation, a white paper, you know, get my guide and put my in there and personalize it to the user that they're doing this to get something for them. Right. That's frequently overlooked. 
that's the thing that really bugs me is forum designers are still including a uh, cancel button or a reset button next to the submit button. Yes, that's frustrating. Yes. Especially when it's on the right-hand side. Yeah, at the far uh, right-hand corner. And you click that button and it clears out your form. Exactly. (laughs) Hey, Jamie, we need to break for some sponsor messages, so will you stay with us, Jamie? Sure. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? I'm David Ogletree, president of WME Training. Did you know that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average? At WME Training, we can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Conversion Conference, the can't-miss CRO event of 2016. Join over 750 people from dozens of countries gathering in Las Vegas, May 18th and 19th, for the biggest industry-wide conversion event ever. Four parallel tracks of top content will allow you to personalize the exact topics that you want to focus on. Interact with expert speakers at informal networking events and birds of a feather lunch table topics. Meet dozens of leading CRO companies face-to-face in the expo hall. Get hands-on with pre-conference workshops and master classes. Join us for fun activities such as zip lining and Tim Ash's after party in the presidential suite. Oh yeah, did we mention that it's in Vegas, baby? May 18th and 19th, Conversion Conference last year sold out fast, and it's expected to sell out again. So don't miss it. Go to conversionconference.com for details right now. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis. SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we are back with Sir Jamie Smith talking about uh, some interesting new ideas he has for conversion rate optimization. We're talking about B2B or lead gen uh, conversion rate optimization. Anything else on, on B2B? Well, I think we could have a whole, you know, session on just B2B marketing um, conversion optimization tactics. I mean, the the webinar we were referencing last week on PPC Hero was um, specific to improving PPC conversion rates and, um, you know, setting up A-B tests inside of your Google AdWords account without actually buying a third-party tool. So, you know, one of the things that, can be intimidating is that when you do decide to test is you just run out and buy one of these tools, optimize the visual website optimizer on bounce, 
it doesn't matter. They're all great. They all help you um, basically segment your traffic and find a winning variation. Mm-hmm. The downside that's coming out is is some of them are unfortunately you know affecting load time, which is a factor in Google's quality score. So you know hopefully these companies continue to invest in rapid rapid you know script loading so that there is no delay. And but if you don't want to use a third party company, you can just do a you know a, a forward slash URL A and URL B and and um, and add those in into your destination URLs in AdWords. Just have your ad creative be identical and do an AV split test in AdWords, almost like you're testing your ad creative in AdWords, but you're actually mm-hmm. you know, testing the, the landing pages and then just see the, the conversion rate. And right. you can just manually run your A-B test there with a hypothesis of one or two things. Don't get crazy on your A-B test. Try to limit it to one or two things so you can figure out what element actually impacted conversion rates. And then do one or two things on the next test depending upon the result. And um, just work your way through it manually if, if you don't have the time or resources or budget to invest in a third-party tool. Right. Uh, Google Analytics has a built-in kind of uh, landing page rotation thing. I can't remember what it's called. Well, it's a alternative. Yeah, the, the uh, optimizer, they, they ended up putting it into Google Analytics. And and uh, and actually, there's news that there's a I got a customer just last week tell me that the beta version is coming out of beta and should be public, you know, like within the next... 60 to 90 days. So Google is releasing a new testing platform, and obviously that will be most likely free, I'm assuming. But nice. I'm excited to get my hands on that. They said they're having great success yeah. with Now, is that, um, is that going to be incorporated into AdWords or, or in Analytics? I'm pretty sure it's Analytics because um, a lot of people do testing from their email campaigns. Uh-huh. Right, right. Okay, I've got another tip for B2B, and it doesn't have anything to do with the site. It's actually um, it's actually uh, used in a case where the B2B advertiser is using keywords that would sometimes or often be used by B2C searchers. So uh, an example of that for a former client of mine would be uh, landscape lighting. So what he really wanted to do was sell um, landscape lighting to professionals, professional installation people, and um, he didn't want to attract any consumers. So we crafted the ad to make sure that it made it clear that uh, we were talking about wholesale, professional landscapers, et cetera, and... uh, (laughs) Ironically, the proof that it was working was conversion rates went up, but click-through rates went down. And uh, somebody wrote a great article, probably Melissa Mackey, about um, you shouldn't freak out about low click-through rates for B2B ads because frequently that's a sign that only the qualified people are clicking. Great point. Love that. Yeah, and they're like, oh, it's going to kill my quality score. It's like, yeah, but still that doesn't matter if your cost per acquisition is no. coming out. That's right. It's all about the conversion rate and cost per acquisition and, and qualified leads. So um, why don't we segue into B2C 
tips for improving conversion rate? Sure. Yeah. When we talk about e-commerce, unfortunately, the optimization, tweaking, testing becomes limited to the platform that you're on. So, you know, there's all kinds of Magento stores and third-party shopping carts. There's, you know, homegrown ones. There's plugins into WordPress. So depending upon the tool that you have, they're going to have limited functionality of what you can actually test. But most of the e-commerce stores, you know, optimization happens on the product detail page where, you know, they've clicked into a product and now it's decision time. You know, you're basically, this is your moment of truth where I'm either going to add to cart, see some more details, you know, look at some reviews or I'm out of there. Um, So that's where I would say removing conversion hurdles or roadblocks on that page is, is probably where most of the optimization happens. At least in my experience, that's been the case. Mm-hmm. And and what's your, uh, what's your um, verdict on whether or not the off page navigation uh, opportunities should be limited? So like Amazon, when you get to a certain point in the shopping process, in the checkout process, uh, all of the off-page navigation opportunities vanish. There's nothing at the top of the page. There's nothing at the bottom of the page. It's just right in the middle of the page, the steps that need to be taken to finish the purchase. So what's your feeling on that? Oh, yeah, all day long. I mean, whatever Amazon's doing, copy it. It, it, It's true, and we've done it before. It it does work. It's it's like once you get into – the checkout process, there's no reason for you to go back and keep shopping, you know, finish the transaction and then you can continue shopping. Um, obviously, you know, most e-commerce platforms come with that continue shopping button or checkout. That's fine. But once I've hit checkout, take me, you know, don't give me those options anymore. Absolutely. Increase, improve conversion rates all, all day long. As long as you have, you know, a breadcrumb, you know, as long as if I do make a mistake or if I do need to get out of there, I can follow some sort of a breadcrumb and at least get back to the previous page and don't just, you know, lock me dead. But, um, yeah, absolutely. So one of the things I see is, especially in the B2B world where there's like a wholesaler is, um, it's, it's frequently difficult to quote the shipping amount, the shipping fee, before gathering a lot of information, especially the destination. Um, and, I, and I find people, I find advertisers or site owners uh, asking for the credit card information before the shipping fee is known, before the total is displayed. And that's just some crazy stuff. Yeah. That's, uh, that is crazy stuff. I mean, you're you're killing your reputation with the consumer. Right. How about, what What are your feelings about uh, one-page checkout versus multi-page? Well, you know, I'm a big data believer. So to me, I'm only going to be able to comment on what I've seen. And, and that is, you know, when you limit the number of forms required and then hit next is, is best practices because you're mm-hmm. – you're, you're engaging the user. They feel like they're accomplishing something. There's this, oh, I'm almost there type of a feeling to the finish line. 
as long as your next, next, next is less than three or four steps. If you're more than three or four steps, then no, you're better off having a long page and getting all that information on one page. Right. What else, Jamie? Anything else you would uh, recommend for B2B? I'm sorry, B2C? Yeah, I mean, when we talk about e-commerce, there was a great concept that was introduced to me at the conversion conference in Las Vegas last month. That was Tim Ash's and uh, Rising Media uh, show there, and that was a vendor was doing financing. I think they were called Bread, Bread dot com okay. or Bread Financing, and um, basically most of the competition in the industry, when you get to that checkout page, and you're and you're about to buy it, they'll say, "Hey, by the way, you know." For uh, 50 bucks a month, you could finance this deal. Apply in two seconds, right? Right. And this company um, recommended putting that earlier in the in the website, right in the beginning of the pricing page. Like, you know, basically, uh, yes, it's it's a you know 200 product or 30 dollars a month, and then that option earlier. And they're showing me case studies that that was boosting conversion rates like crazy. The, um, you know, obviously that assuming your audience is somewhat of a good credit, they're going to get declined. Obviously, they have really bad credit, but 90 percent of people approval or whatever their rate is. But uh, I can see that that would be something that's very easy to implement. Uh, It's not that, uh, you know, um, you know, challenging from a technical standpoint. You're adding a few. All you're doing is financing your product. And when the transaction happens, they give you the, all the upfront money right up front. So you're not taking any risk. You're getting all of your money just like you would when your merchant account wires it into your bank account. Mm-hmm. And they're financing the deal. And you've just basically increased your conversion rate because of offering financing. All right. Hey, Jamie, speaking of money in the bank, we have some sponsors that are going to put some money into the listeners' pockets. So stay with us. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. Is buying something that is made in the USA important to you? How do you know that it really is made in the USA? Certified Inc. is the only supply chain audit company on the planet which qualifies country of origin labeling. If it's important to you as a consumer to know where the products you buy and use in your own home come from, then it's also important for your customers. Visit us at madeinusa.net and find out more. Go to madeinusa.net because it's that important. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. 
As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we are back with Herr Jamie Smith. Uh, Jamie, before we close, what what, uh, monikers are you operating under these days? I'm the uh, CEO of CampaignWatch.com. Okay. And that is my main focus right now. Um, in addition to um, some consulting with a company called Brand Voodoo, which is on the compliance side. So, you know, obviously, you know, Campaign Watch is competitive intelligence, but um, there's a whole compliance industry that um, I'm learning about on the affiliate marketing side and sort of trademark compliance. Mm-hmm. And so that's the only other thing that I'm doing around uh, software with the, uh, the call analytics or call tracking products. So, so describe a campaign watch for us. Campaign watch is, um, for those of you who are familiar with SpyFu or SEMrush or iEspionage, it's basically um, the enterprise edition of iEspionage. So we'd give you, you know, the same data in terms of the keywords, the ad copy and the landing pages, but we look at it from the user's perspective. So we try to, focus everything on conversion funnels and conversion optimization. So we, you know, being able to see ad testing and landing page testing results is a lot more powerful than just seeing your competitors, top keywords and top ads. Right. So that's, that's campaign watch kind of differentiator is, is um, competitive intelligence from the user's perspective and focusing on landing page testing and conversion optimization. Right. You, you know, um, I have a beef about competitive analysis tools, and that is that uh, they frequently reveal, if the operator of the, of the tool is savvy enough, they frequently reveal uh, that competitors are doing stupid things. And uh, in the hands of an unskilled operator, uh, they, they, they might conclude that the competitors are so big or so savvy that uh, their actions should be emulated. So um, I'm dying for a tool that <laughs> might present you with a keyword list, for example, that the competitor is using, and somehow through some algorithmic mag- magic, say, uh, don't use these keywords, use these other keywords. Mm. Will you build right. that for me? Yes, yeah, so you're saying that when you use these tools and you get down to the keyword level and you say, okay, I'm going to use this tool to expand out my keyword list, that because I'm copying my competition, I realize that they're buying a bunch of irrelevant keywords. Right. Is that what you mean? That's exactly what I mean. <laughs> I'd love it. We work well together. Yeah, so that obviously is uh, best practice. So when you export that CSV file, you're going to obviously double check the keywords. And usually I would sort them by search volume. So you know, once you get down into that long tail, um, unfortunately, those days are are you know, limited and coming to an end, they're just auto-suggestion. 
users just are forced into one of the suggested keywords and they don't always finish their query. So the, the long tail is, is is dying or is that just me? No, no. I, I think that uh, uh, because of the fact that Google is so stingy about low-volume searches uh, and frequently just doesn't display the ad or just displays it very infrequently, that there's actually a potential liability in using long-tail long terms that outweighs the benefit. My two cents. Right. No, I'm, I'm saying that all that's doing is basically brilliant on Google's part, which is like, if it's a long-tail keyword, we're not even going to serve any ads up. So you're going to have to work your way up the funnel. So that decreases the keyword inventory, and everyone that took Economics 101 knows that supply and demand has, the demand has not gone down. The demand has gone up like crazy. More and more companies are using pay-per-click advertising, um, and Google uh, is shrinking the uh, inventory by decreasing the number of keywords that you can buy. And they, just on February 19th, 2016, they removed 36% of the first page paid Google SERP results. So they went from showing 11 positions. You could be position 1 through 11 on page 1 with the several ads on the right-hand side, which they removed. This is desktop only, but still, it's mm-hmm. still a large u- user base. Uh, I'm on a desktop right now, but um, me too. <laughs> and uh, the point being is that yes, now we only have seven ads that we can buy to be on the first page of Google, and so that's a 36 percent drop. And I don't know what you are seeing, but um, we released a study at CampaignWatch.com. You can go to the Insights blog and uh, look at what we found. But you know, basically, if you were in the top two or three, two, if you're in the top two positions before this change happened, you're just getting 30% more traffic and, and, and right. at least impressions. If your click-through rate's not the same, you're, you're getting a ton more impressions. The customers and clients that I had in position three, four, and five, they're getting penalized. They're getting uh, a ton less traffic or they're having to increase their cost per click to battle into top three and four, and um, they're seeing their cost per acquisitions go up. You've got to invest in conversion rate optimization. The whole moral of the story is cost per is going up, and you've got to improve your conversion rates. Thank you. Uh, Jamie Smith, CampaignWatch.com. I'm David Satella. Hope you'll see us next week on TPC Rockstars.